Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. But dear sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I heard a story about a pastor who was very frustrated with his church. They had lost their focus. They weren't sure what they were doing, and there really wasn't any kind of energy in, in the church. And so he met with his church council, and he said, we need to start from scratch. And as kind of as an illustration, he wrote up on the board two plus two equals. He wanted to say, we need to get back to basics. We need to understand why we exist and, and what the truth is. And he said, two plus two equals. And he says, and what does that mean to you? And, and one guy who was a math teacher, he said, Pastor, I know the answer to that question. There's only one answer, and I'm positive the answer is four. So, okay. Look to another church council guy who happened to be a philosophy professor. And he said, well, when you add the word plus in there, it can mean a lot of different things, depending on if it's an Eastern understanding or a Western understanding, meaning add two. And he just cut him off and said, forget that. <laughs> then there was another guy. He was an accountant. He asked the accountant, what do you, what's your answer to that? The accountant got up, he shut the door, he pulled the drapes down from the window, sat across, across the pastor and said, Pastor, what do you want it to equal? <laughs> <laughs> the truth. How, how do you know the truth? Or better yet, when somebody makes a bold truth statement, how do you know what is true is really true? You say that again. If someone makes a bold truth statement, how do you know what is true is really true? So, for example, if someone were to say, chocolate ice cream is the best ice cream, we'd have to ask the question, well, how do you know that's true? And the person might say, because I really like chocolate ice cream. It's true because I love it. But is that a truth statement? That is, another person might say, salted caramel is the best ice cream. And now we have two contradictory truth statements that could be true at the same time. That doesn't help. Chocolate ice cream is the best ice cream. Well, how do you know that's true? Suppose there's some medical science out there that has determined that the ingredients in chocolate ice cream are the most healthy ingredients of any other ice cream for you. That's the reason we know it's true. And we would say, okay, medical science. The same people who at one time thought that bloodletting and leeches and lobotomy and tobacco were pretty good for us. And I'm not sure here, are we supposed to lay our babies down on their backs, on their stomach, or the side with a wedge? I can't keep this straight. All we can say is, according to medical science right now, 
This is true. But it's evolving. Chocolate ice cream is the best ice cream. How do you know that's true? Because 78.35 people say that they love chocolate ice cream. Oh, oh, okay, so it's going to be majority rule. Is that the way we're going to determine what is true? Majority rule, like South Africa for a while. They thought that apartheid was the right thing to do. Like slavery here in the United States, separate but equal drinking fountains. We thought that was the majority. They thought that was true. Can the majority be wrong? Yeah. How do you know what is true is really true? Chocolate ice cream is the very best ice cream. How do you know that's true? Because you read about it on the internet? And the internet has to be true? Have you thought about that? Michael Scott thinks that's true. Can you get a clip of this? Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone in the world can write anything they want about any subject. So you know you are getting the best possible information. All right. <laughs> so if I have to explain that, this is going to be a longer sermon than I intended. <laughs> Chocolate ice cream is the best ice cream. How do you know that's true? Because Magnum, the largest ice cream producer in the world, at 2.54 billion sales, say that say so. The chalk is the best. They're the authority. Much, less, much like saying, my doctor says this, my lawyer says this, my pastor says this, and if you're five years old, my dad says this. They're the authority. CNN has reported, Fox News has said, they're the authority. Really? How is it at a trial you can have both sides have their expert witnesses? say something that's completely opposite. Now, I could go on and on, but I think the point is made that when someone makes a truth statement, you have to stop for a moment and ask that question, how do you know what is true is really true? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're in this four-part sermon series kicking off the year called Workout Plan. Isn't that great? That's very 80s, isn't it? You know, Richard Simmons could come right out of that thing right here. The Workout Plan, but we're not interested in, you know, working you up physically and staying in shape. This is, this is spiritually. And so last week we talked about cardio, getting that heartbeat up for worship. <coughs> Today we're going to talk about stretching, oftentimes neglected in workout plans. But we're not talking about stretching the hamstrings or stretching the truth. This, this is stretching us to go oftentimes where we would usually not go. We have to be stretched. We have to be stretched to go in those directions where we typically would not go. And we're going to do that with the truth. So, to do that, I want to start with John chapter 19. In John 19, Jesus is in front of Pontius Pilate. He's on the trial for his life. <coughs> and Pilate asks him the question, 
so you're a king. And Jesus says, you say that I am a king. And for this reason, put that up there. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is... What's the answer to that, that question? What's the reason that Jesus gave for coming to this world? Who knows? To save us, yes. Jesus came into this world to save us from our sins. Exactly it. But no, that's not what Jesus said here. Why was the reason that Jesus came into this world? To die on a cross, absolutely. This, this child on Christmas was born and able to die on the cross, absolutely. But no, that's not what Jesus said his purpose was. What's the main reason? What's the reason he was born? Chocolate ice cream is the very best ice cream. But no, the heckler in the back row. Let's see what he says. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. That's Jesus' own understanding of the main reason that he came to this world to testify to the truth. Evidently, we needed the truth. Evidently, we weren't following the truth. Evidently, the lies had taken over and Jesus had to come and testify to the truth. <clears throat> and not just here either. Again, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is important. And again, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So evidently, the truth is very important to Jesus. This is the reason that he came. And so we need to ask that question, why? Why was the truth so important to Jesus that he left his heavenly throne entered into the muck and mire of this world, went through the humiliation of the cross to die and rise again. Now the answer to that question, we have to go back to Genesis. There in the Garden of Eden, God has created this perfect place, created the first two people, Adam and Eve, and he has given them all of creation. He says, this is <clears throat> this is all of yours. Enjoy it as much as you want. There's only one rule. And God gave his truth. God gave his truth. There's only one rule. See that one tree? Don't eat the fruit of that one tree. Any other fruit, any other tree, have at it. That one fruit, one tree, don't eat. And that's the truth. Now shortly afterwards, the serpent comes slithering around, whispering at them, saying, isn't God so unfair? He won't let you do anything around this place, will he? He is so mean. I heard that he won't even let you eat any fruit in the garden. And, and Adam and Eve, they understand the rule. They understand truth. 
and they contradicted us and said, no, no, that's not true. <coughs> we can eat any fruit of any tree, just not that one. In fact, they know the truth so well, they even go a little bit further, and, and Eve says, we can't even touch it. She understands the truth. And then the serpent says, silly. <laughs> and then he gives his truth. You're not going to die. In fact, your eyes will be opened. And the reason this mean, old, unfair God doesn't want you to eat is because the day you eat of that, your eyes will be opened and you will be what? Like God. If you ever want a good definition of sin, it's not lying and cheating and stealing. The core understanding of sin is this deep, innate, rebellious nature of wanting to be like God. And the whole heavenly host sit at the edge of their seat. I suppose there's seats somewhere in heaven, right? They sit at their seat, holding their breath, wondering, will they choose the truth of God or the truth of this world? And as we know, they chose Poorly. They take the bite, <coughs> and then everything collapses after that. That story is our story. That story is a mirror in which we see ourselves struggling with the same thing, struggling with the world's truth claims versus God's truth claims, wondering which one will we choose. So the world claims that we are highly evolved germs who came up from the ooze of the ocean floor. God's claim says that we are made in his image, a little lower than the, a little lower than the angels. The world says you're basically really good. You just have to try a little harder to be nice. But God's truth claim says we're in this fallen condition of sin. We can't help ourselves. And we need a savior. The world says go for the gusto of this world. The world says the one who dies with the most toys wins. And God's truth claim says the one who dies with the most toys still dies. And if for this life only we have hoped in Jesus Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. The world says, look out for number one, take care of yourself first. And God's truth claim says, the greatness will come in serving. No greater love has anyone than this to lay down your life for the sake of the other. And the heavenly host sit once again on the edge of their seat, holding their breath, wondering which one will we choose. 
Which one will we choose? Jesus said, for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Because, because every day there's a struggle. Every day there's some serpent whispering in our ear the truth claims of this world. And we're wondering which one will we choose. The New Testament talks about this struggle often. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, Paul puts it this way. <clears throat> they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. We've got both right before us. we got the, cre the creator and the created things. And our hearts often exchange the ones of the truths of God into the created things. Does this make me feel good? Do I enjoy it? Are my friends saying it's okay? Is the latest CNN poll saying it's fine? We've swapped it over. Or again, in Second uh, Peter, is that for Second Timothy? For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Isn't that a great image? My itching ears. What do you want it to equal, Pastor? My itching ears. What does your gut feeling say? My itching ears. What do your friends what are your friends telling you to do? My itching ears. What is the latest polls? And what are most people doing? If most people are doing, it's got to be fine. My itching ears. You can believe whatever you want about God, and that's your truth. My truth is I just kind of go what seems right to me. My itching ears. See how dangerous that is? Jesus says, for this reason, I came into the world. Thank you. For this reason, I came into the world to bear testimony to the truth. This must be important to Jesus. And the truth is, we don't need a coach. We don't need a mentor. We don't need a teacher. We don't need a best friend to hang out with. From Jesus, we need a Savior. A Savior who knows the truth about this broken, sinful, darkened world. A Savior could actually do something about it. Who can take away the sins as far as the East is from the West. We need a Savior who can pronounce the words of grace and forgiveness, raise us up today and on the last day. We need a Savior. And that's the truth. So that when we baptize our children, the world says, just do it and check it off and, and make Grandma happy. The world says, let them grow up and decide what they want to believe. 
but the truth of Scripture tells us to raise them differently. From Proverbs 22, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so we baptize them, making a promise to God to teach them the Lord's Prayer, Creed, and Ten Commandments, to put into their hands the Holy Scriptures, to raise them up in the truth so they'll have a keen ear, not an itching ear, but a keen ear to know what is true. So that when we have a difficult decision to make <coughs> and you're not sure, the world says, flip a coin. The world says, make a pro-column and an anti-column. The, the world says, what do you feel like? What does your gut say? But Scripture gives us a different promise. The gift of the Holy Spirit. However, the Spirit comes who will reveal the truth about God. He will lead you into all truth. And so when we're going through doubt, when we're not feeling God's presence, when we've got a lot of questions, the world will say either God doesn't exist, or God just doesn't care, or worse, you've blown it, and God has walked away from you. That's what the world wants us to hear. But the truth of Scripture comes with a promise. Jesus saying, I am with you always to the end of the ages. Even if you don't see me. Even if you don't feel. Even if you don't experience. I am with you always to the end of the age. How do you know what is true is really true? By what authority? Now here's a great opportunity. Tonight. Tonight we have a guest speaker up at Providence. His name is Dr. Frank Turk. There's a wonderful text in 2 Peter that says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within you. And what that means is we actually have answers. If you ever stumped in talking about the faith to someone, the worst thing you can say is, you just have to accept it on faith. That doesn't help, right? Dr. Frank Turek is an apologist. That doesn't mean one who says, I'm sorry for being a Christian. That means one who's a defender of the faith. And tonight, tonight he's going to be talking about how do we really know that God exists? How do we really know that miracles happen? How do we really know that the New Testament is reliable on the truth? We're going to meet at 6 o'clock tonight. And we're going to have dessert. And then at 6.30, Frank Turek is going to be able to tell us that we have a truth to stand upon. We have a truth that we can answer with the hope that is within us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we really believed this stuff is true? What would that be like? What if we really believed this stuff were true? What if we believed that God actually heard our plans and answered them according to his sovereign plan? Would we pray earnestly every day? What if we really believed that God can forgive our, our most audacious sin? 
Wouldn't we come to him daily to receive those words of grace? What if we believed, I mean really believed, that the first will be last and the last will be first, that greatness will come in serving. And if you want to really live, I mean really live, you first have to die to yourself. What if we really believe this stuff were true? We would silence the lies and we would change the world. Come tonight. Come to get grounded in that truth and be sent out with that truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us the truth, and that truth's name is Jesus. You have given us that solid foundation on which to stand. You have dispelled the lies. You have removed the glitter. The shiny paint of this world is falling down because your truth exposes the lie. Your truth gives us that direction, that hope, and that meaning we desperately need. I pray a blessing upon Frank Turek tonight that his words would pierce our hearts and give us that assurance that what we know is true, is really true. For these things, all God's people say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.